Welcome to KC Corner, episode 33. Double three, my the, man. The double three is the day, two days after Labor Day now. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, Labor Day weekend felt different for me. I don't know about you, but I guess it didn't for you because you were out having a fantastic time. <laughs> well, it felt different because I was on vacation. Yeah, it was good for you, Brooks. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I'm typically off on Mondays anyway, mm-hmm. and so it's usually a, a down day for me. A little beach uh, day. A little beach day. Uh, we just hung out here at the pool because we knew everybody else was going to be at the beach at Labor Day. <laughs> But it was different because it just kind of felt like, okay, I don't know, with this COVID deal and everything like that, it just, mm-hmm. it didn't feel, even like with football's back, Brooks, yeah. and I'm not getting excited. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting because um, after the flood, now watch this, I'm going to connect uh, wow, the Bible you're, into You're going football. here already. All right, you ready? <laughs> but after the flood um, with Noah, uh, God made an amazing promise. He says, I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to promise seasons. I'm going to promise that... There will be seasons that will endure uh, until the end of time. And so it's just kind of a, a reminder that God, in the much of the ups and downs, there will be seasons that roll around. And I always felt that. I always embraced that when I thought of football season coming back <laughs> around. You know, it's like, okay, cool weather's going to come and football's going to be here. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, um, although playoff hockey is happening right now at a really strange time and I'm <laughs> loving it. It's just weird because I haven't been able to get ramped up for uh, uh, football yet. Yeah, Labor Day is usually kick off a of college football, and I think the only game or one that somewhat mattered was BYU Navy, which was just an awful game. <laughs> I, I think the key there was what somewhat mattered. I, mean, I think for the parents of the BYU players and the Navy, that's, that's about it. It was on TV. I know it was. I, I think literally, I, I looked at the score it was forty-five to nothing, and I was like, okay, no, thank you. Hey, but we have NFL this week, and we we had our fantasy football draft last week so it's feeling a little bit normal we got the group chat you know talking crap to each other and everything well well, you know it's interesting brooks because i have not yet in my life uh done a fantasy any sport team yet you know (laughs) maybe it tells you how little friends i have you know nobody wants to no invites or anything no invites but probably it tells you more about the fact that i don't even know how to do that i mean this it's just an age thing so we'll we'll have you on our uh squad next year that way we can take your money oh, that, <laughs> i'm sure you guys don't gamble that would be not good oh you know, yeah I mean, never you're using never. bad language already you're talking uh-uh, no cussing gambling. no gambling it's all for fun all right and if you do by the way make sure you tie 20 percent just to make sure <laughs> hey by the way episode 33 uh i think of that's the year uh that's the age that jesus was that we are told that he gave his life for us and Think about what he did in 33 years. It's humbling. Now, Brooks, you haven't made it yet. I know that Not you're quite. you're like eight years away or eight something years like away. that. Um, I could look back in the rearview mirror. It's it's pretty <laughs> far back there. It makes me think, what have I done with my life? You know? so, it was incredible. almost 33 years ago for you. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> Man, that's just cold, Brooks. <laughs> All right, let's get into what, what you meant to say this past week. Well, thank the one-year anniversary. Well, let me let me stop my bleeding out of my nose here <laughs> for you just tag me. So, uh, hey, what an anniversary, Brooks! And thanks for showing up and being a part of it. Oh yeah, you were in Colorado on vacation, but it really was it was such a joy to celebrate. And I'm telling you, it was it was amazing. Although it was Labor Day weekend, uh, we had a bigger crowd than we've ever had since uh, the COVID pandemic, and people started coming back. We had a lot of visitors, which was wonderful. And I love the video that that JP put together, and that people were able to send in a little, uh, uh, you know, video clip, including 
our very own Brooks Robinson. I was on there, featured in there. You were <laughs> featured in there. You're in your car, man. I, just before you <laughs> doing it while I was driving. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's safe. <laughs> Super oh, safe. My goodness, I think we're. <laughs> We're breaking all the things. The FCC is going to shut us down or whoever <laughs> does this. So anyway, but what a great Sunday. And really what I meant to say on our one year anniversary was to focus on the church. And, you know, I know you went back and listened to it. Thank you very much. But you think of an anniversary and I picked up on Ephesians 5 and preached about the church, which really is in the context of marriage. And, you know, that that's a passage where so oftentimes we hear at a wedding ceremony or in marriage counseling or just about roles of husbands and wives. But really what Paul is saying, it's this mystery of the church that he's unpacking. Why? Because the whole story of God's love for us is a story of a love language in marriage that he has come and that we are his bride and, and Christ Jesus is uh, the bridegroom. And, and what a what a joy and a privilege is that. But what I hope to say, what I really meant to say last week, more than anything, was that if we as the church could get a view of the way God views the church, I really think that would be the jet fuel to help us to become the church that he wants us to be. In other words, you know, there's such a, there's such a stain on the church's reputation and there's such a, a broad view of, of what people think of the church. Um, and really, for the most part, it's, it's got a, a low enough view that people can choose to attend or not attend, go, not go, or participate or be a part of or not. But if we saw that the church was God's primary vehicle to advance Christ's kingdom, um, it is his <clears throat> beloved bride. It is what he chooses to use primarily um, to, to usher in that kingdom of God for the glory of our great God and the good of our neighbor. I think there would be an energy and a passion around it. And there seems to be an emp an apathy of, of, uh, of the church. Um, and it breaks my heart. And I, I feel like, what do you do? And I think in our society, Brooks, I think a lot of times people think, ah, churches, people have been apathetic about it. So let's ramp up the volume. Let's ramp up the entertainment. Let's make it as, as um, you know, entertaining as possible. Um, and not that all those things are bad um you know church if a church is entertaining it doesn't mean that something wrong is going on or if it's loud doesn't mean that something's wrong going on but at the same time i think the focus could become more about how do we make ourselves more appealing and uh um you know i think that there there's a slippery slope there with the church and um you know the appeal should be the aroma of christ and paul will say this in Corinthians, he says, to some it's the aroma of life and to some it's the aroma of death. And uh, I, I feel like we're going to be in a time more and more that the church just has to stand up unapologetically on God's word uh, to be who God has called us to be um, and and let us let us really find our joy and passion there. Mm -hmm. And one of the quotes you had, you know, just a few words, it was the most important institution in the world. And, you know, I haven't ever necessarily thought about it that way in that context, and I'm sure a lot of people hadn't. So hearing that uh, statement was pretty powerful to think about the church in that fashion. Well, and I, I got that. I hope I credited John Piper with that because that's really where that came from. I was reading one of his sermons uh, on the text that I preached from, and, you know, he was saying that. He was just saying, listen, of all the institutions, there's nothing more important in the church. And it just got my heart just pounding. And I was like, yes, yes. Got you excited. Exactly. It's so true. And just think of the things we get excited about. You know, uh, you know, you and I talk about the deep things like sports. You know, and, and, uh, uh, 
and playoff hockey, but you know, we really should be just in love and excited about the Bride of Christ. And speaking of excited, it's just something that I noticed even through the broadcast was there was just a different energy in your sermon and the whole uh, uh, church service with that many people since Corona. And I thought that was really, really cool to see. I could just tell there's something else different in the air. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you could see that um, as you watched. And, you know, we also had the privilege of having Lily Dubach uh, join mm-hmm. us. Uh, she did our call to worship and she did the confession and the assurance and read through scripture. I love the fact that we're trying to get more people involved in, in our worship service. So uh, there really was a lot of energy. And, it, you know, over a Labor Day weekend, a lot of times that's a down weekend mm-hmm. for the church. Uh, but it was great. It really, it shows that God's doing something at King's Chapel. <laughs> and you want to come. Hey, if you haven't been yet, come join us. We would love to have you. And last week, um, Scott Anderson and I were able to do an hour-long radio show on uh, oh, yeah, Shepherd that's right. Radio. That's right. Um, and we had an hour, and I just got some really positive feedback about that as well. I mean, a, a friend of mine... Uh, uh, incredible godly woman, you know, texted me saying, wow, it was so worshipful. And it just brought me such joy to know that we were able to, for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor, talk about King's Chapel. You have to be the interviewee instead of the interviewer. Yeah, which was, which was <laughs> The fun. other side of the mic. Well, I got to talk. I love that. <laughs> so what do we have to look forward to this week? Now yeah. it's the new sermon series. I yes, had last week. exactly. Now it is. And I'm telling you, Brooks, of all the sermon series I've had the privilege of preaching um, I've never been um, more excited or more challenged by what we're about ready to jump into. And the sermon series is entitled, thank you to Katie Jakes, who came up with this title, <laughs> Our Rock Through the Ages. And really, it's it's finding Jesus, uh, who is the, the, the hero of the story of the Bible, who is the one the whole story points to. And uh, um, we want to f- look see Jesus throughout the entire scriptures. And so I hope, and this... I'll start it Sunday, and we won't complete this sermon series um, until three or four years, Lord willing, down the road. And we'll split it up a little bit over uh, the upcoming years. Like, we'll stop for Advent, and we'll do something different, and we'll have different things uh, at summer. But anyway, what this is, I'm going to start in the book of Genesis. We're going to start with Genesis 1 and look at uh, the creating word of God and um, how John 1 and Genesis 1 really all point to Jesus and what does it, that mean for us? And I've outlined this series starting uh, this upcoming Sunday, the 13th, a good lucky number to start with. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, we will go right through, I think it's the 22nd of November, which that was my mom's birthday. She's with Jesus now. But anyway, then we'll jump into Advent after that. I've already outlined a little bit of Advent, what we're going to do for Advent. We're going to look at Isaiah. But we're going to start from Genesis and go from Genesis to uh, the last uh, sermon will be this fall, will be Moses at the burning bush. And uh, we're going to look through some incredible stories that people are familiar with and just let the Holy Spirit bring to light the beauty of Jesus, uh, the pre-incarnate Christ in, in those passages. Look at you planning three to four years ahead on a sermon series. That's incredible. <laughs> I know. It really is, Brooks. It's, uh, it's, it, it, is, it is exciting. It's uh I've scratched my head a few times, thought, what am I doing? You know, you know, so, <laughs> Planning for 2022 exactly. right now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, 2023, and, uh, as you reminded me how old I am. So, uh, you know, anyway, well, I now, can't wait. Now we can jump into our homework series, The Prodigal God, and on uh, Chapter 5 this past week. Well, another great chapter, and again, what a what a wonderful little book. And if you're in Casey Cornerland and you haven't bought the book yet, uh, even... 
if you haven't had a chance to listen to what we've done, uh, it's so well worth it. And so what, what a what a great story. It's this chapter talked about the true older brother. And if you remember the context of this, Brooks, Jesus is speaking to the tax collectors and the sinners, as well as the Pharisees, the religious people. They kind of both represent the two sons, the, the one who... Uh, um, went away and, and, and just lived his life in a, in a crazy, reckless way and spent everything he had, all that his father had given him and comes to, to his senses and the older son, that religious one, kind of like the Pharisees. And so this whole uh, trying to unpack who the real um, uh, older brother should be like, you could see that this message was really targeted right for the Pharisees. And it was it was so, it's so strong. But I love on page 74, it says this, it says, it's not the repentance that causes the father's love, but rather the reverse. Um, the father's lavish affection makes the son's expression of remorse far easier. And I love that reality. It's God's lavish love on us that uh, that is initiating love for us, that makes it easy or easier or far easier for us to repent. Um, and I, I think about that in our society. It's like, I will love you if you make the first step and you apologize or you do the, th that, the right thing. It makes me think of Mumford and Sons, one of my uh, favorite bands of all times, a shout out to Mumford and Sons, which, who's so many of their lyrics have such beautiful gospel undertones to them. I don't know if Marcus Mumford meant it. He's a pastor's kid or not. I really believe he did, but and then the song, Roll Away Your Stone, he says, it seems that all my bridges have been burned, but you say that's exactly how this grace thing works. And I just think of that. It's such a beautiful picture of the younger brother. And then he goes on to say, it's not the long walk home that will change this heart, but the welcome I receive with every restart. And I just love that. It's just the reality that, hey, when we turn to God, it's the welcome we're going to receive. And it's not the 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 uh lecture it's not the uh you know the slap on the knuckles uh <laughs> it's it's uh it's the love that we receive that just is incredible mm -hmm. i took away from that the we need god's initiating love and that uh, we can't just seek him on our own like we can't just try harder and get closer to him on our own it's him kind of collecting us first reaching out to us first and that's so important it is so important i think he goes on and what he says exactly what you're saying brooks is we can't find god unless he first seeks us mm -hmm. and you know that's just impossible and i thought of this passage or this chapter and you think of jesus is not only the true older brother he's the true good samaritan um but in that story of the good samaritan that scripture beautifully tells us uh it, it's like uh, a Samaritan that happened to find this person that was in need, this one that was stripped of his identity and in need, and this good Samaritan takes care of him. But it's not like that with Jesus. He is the true good Samaritan, but he didn't just stumble upon us. He left heaven. He left everything that was rightfully his, and he came not to stumble upon the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. That was his whole purpose. And it costs Jesus everything. And I think Keller Knight makes a good point. I mean, there is an expense associated with the search of a lost brother. And, it, and that expense is at the older brother, the oldest brother's pocket, so mm -hmm. to speak. And, you know, here you have Jesus who, although he was rich, 
he would become poor Mm -hmm. so that through his poverty, we could be found, we could be saved, we could become rich. And so that's just such a, that's such a beautiful picture of, of who that is. And then I think we mentioned that, uh, that story that he tells of Edmund Clowney. And by the way, Edmund Clowney was a professor at Westminster Theological Seminary. And I believe was Tim Keller's professor at one time, or maybe even worked with Tim. And I think really helped shape Tim Keller's kind of his gospel understanding. So Tim Keller's like a hero to me. And when you find <laughs> out who your hero's heroes were, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's like Spurgeon was a hero to me. And I find out who he uh, uh, leaned on. Uh, I, they become my heroes too. So like Edmund Clowney would be a hero because I think he was to, he is to Keller. He mm-hmm. was, I mean, Clowney's with Jesus. Let me get to my point. We <laughs> talked about um, that story in Vietnam of the brother, the one who uh, left home to go to Vietnam, although not in the military and both mm-hmm. sides respected the fact that he went to find him. Yeah. One of the quotes that stood out to me was we'll never stop being younger or older brothers until we realize our need rest by faith and gaze in the wonder at the work of the true elder brother, Jesus Christ. I thought that was a, just a tremendous quote there near the end of the chapter. Man, I'm telling you, Brooks, uh, that was really good. You read it a little <laughs> bit fast, but I'm, I was just drinking that in. Uh, that is that is so beautiful. Can you read that? What's that gaze? The gaze yeah. at the... Uh... We'll never stop being younger or older brothers until we realize our need, rest by faith, and gaze in wonder at the work of our true elder brother, Jesus Christ. Yeah, gaze in wonder. You know, yesterday, my, uh, my mother-in-law... We celebrated her 90th birthday, which is not until Friday, but we could gather the family uh, in a socially distanced way (laughs) on her front yard yesterday and sing to her. So many of her grandchildren, great grandchildren, her all of her all of her children were able to gather um, and we were singing to her and which was amazing. And we sang a few hymns and we sang It Is Well With My Soul. And uh, we also sang um, How Great Thou Art. And as I sang those songs, um, I realized just how beautiful they really are. It's like what you just read. It was gazing into the work of Christ. And here you have this godly woman surrounded by a heritage. And it really helped tune my heart to sing. And I thought of the younger people that were there that maybe couldn't sing this songs with as much passion because they didn't know yet how good the story is. And I, and I, I want, I probably want to end with this thought is that, you know, I remember being a kid growing up and I remember the way my grandmother and my mother sang the hymns with, with tears and passion and joy. And I'm really grateful for the grace of God that has softened my heart and tuned my voice that I could sing those with tears in my eyes too, because I think I've done what Keller, by God's grace, said, is you gaze into not only Christ, but the work of Christ. And you realize, man, he did it for me. Um, that was my sin that, that drove him to the cross. It makes those, those beautiful old hymns personal. Mm-hmm. And it just, it goes from something rote to something wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, 
I love when Scott does that at church too with some of the songs where we have the nice uh, big voice crowd there and yeah. he kind of lays off the piano, backs off the mic a little bit and lets it uh, lets the uh, congregation sing. So There's so. nothing like hearing a congregation sing. <laughs> with it, no other music there. It's great. It's just, it is it is a beautiful thing. It really <laughs> is. And that's something the church is going to do for all eternity. So that's 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 incredible. It is. So what we have looked forward to this week now, or next week, is KC Group starting. Is that correct? Yeah, KC Group groups are going to crank up uh, after Sunday, uh, which we cannot wait. We're going to go through uh, Tim Keller. Um, another shout out to him, Gospel in Life. Also, after church this Sunday, um, we're going to have our first KC uh, luncheon. And mm-hmm. so uh, KC family luncheon and uh, um, real excited about that. We got Publix uh, um, box lunches. Little up. chicken tenders? Little, you know what? These are going to be subs. Little okay, subs. Okay. Um, but they're they're really safe and all box. It'll be really easy for us to do. We're going to do some social distancing uh, at uh, on the tables in Fellowship Hall. So if you are uh, worshiping with us, plan on joining us. It'd be great if you can contact me. Uh, email me at pastorjeff at kingschapelfl.com. I sent out a little flock note, a little text yesterday to say, hey, RSVP, or let me know how many boxes, lunches to order. But... It just feels good to be back. It feels good to... We're so back. We're so back. <laughs> um, you know, we're not 100%, 100%, but it feels like we're, by God's grace, really getting on the other side of this. Absolutely. We'll have a good fall to look forward to with KC groups and getting back to normal. Exactly. And by the way, we had a great... Uh, I know you were out of town. Did I mention that? <laughs> uh, um, we had a great All the King's Men. Um, we had pizza and wings, and it was so good. Mm-hmm. And I set everything up to social distance, and at 7 o'clock, we were all ready to spread out, and all of a sudden, the heavens open up, and it starts to rain. So we all gather under that one little porch <laughs> area I have, but we're all healthy and safe, and uh, we had a great time. So uh, once a month, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to do our All the King's Men. Okay. Um, and we look forward to that. So a lot of things coming up in, in King's Chapel world. So jump in, folks, where you can. We'd love to have you. We'll see you this Sunday. Looking forward to it. <laughs>